by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. You know, sometimes uh, Angie don't feel like she is the traditional pastor's wife because she doesn't play keyboards. <clears throat> but I would much rather eat good like this and she does so much that you don't even realize I would say quite honestly if I'm being accountable like Nicholas said that for a pastor's wife to keep a pastor somewhat sane, that is a major accomplishment, probably more than most women could handle. <clears throat> and uh, if she never did anything in the church, and uh, she, she keeps me sane, and, and she is my helper in every regard, and on top of that, she does she's involved in every ministry in the church in some regard, so... She's she's not a big talker, but she walks tall and carries a big stick. Okay, I wanted to just go over a few housekeeping items, so to speak. When you call them housekeeping, just things I wanted to throw out there that's not really part of a teaching. Just for, you know, things that I was thinking. What's some things I'd like to tell them that I don't get to tell them much? The first thing is about communication. Huh? There's been a few times... This year, where, you know, almost every time that I send out a mass communication uh, that's addressed to passion leaders <laughs> or something like that, that I'll say, you know, we're planning this and we need you to respond or whatever, and at least half the people don't respond. There's been times where I know Nicholas has sent out some, some things saying, I need to know how many is going to show up for this and nobody responds, and then they show up or they don't show up right there at the end, that, is, that has driven me almost crazy to the point of, you know, wanting to pull my hair out several times this year. Um, that is no way for leaders to communicate, and is definitely cannot continue and expect growth when we can't even answer basic questions and communicate together to know how to plan things. Um, so just a few things that I would like to say, especially, remember we talked about leaders set the tone. You think it's bad when I send out a passion leadership thing. If I say, okay, guys, we're, you know, the church is doing this, nobody responds from the church. So we have to begin to set the tone, especially a lot of your life group leaders and so forth. You need to know how to send out a group text. If you don't know, ask somebody how to work your phone that knows how. And what I mean by group text is I mean you be able to send it to 10, 15, 20 people all at once on one text with it out, without it being uh, everybody responds to the same email together. Without your phone going off the rest of the day, it was all 20 people. It needs to go out 20 people individually. It will have, mine is like that. If you get a text from me, I may be sending it to, to 150 people. But it's going to come back to me one at a time, and not everybody's going to see everybody else's response. And let me just say, uh, you start sending out them Mary Ellen text. Some of you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> not that Mary Ellen. <laughs> not any Mary Ellen that we know, right? Not any Mary Ellen that we know, but you start sending out a group text, and and it's all on the same text. You will you will start getting texts back, and then you will start getting people take me off of this, and you can't take them off. People have left church. I'm telling you, people have left churches because they can't take the group text no more. 
So make sure that you learn how to send a, a group text without, without it being a group text. Does, does everybody understand what I'm saying? So I'm challenging you, if you don't know how, learn how. Okay. They're different on the different phones. But back to my first point, uh, we must respond to one another. Now, if I send out a text and say, I'm looking forward to a great church Sunday, and I don't ask for a response, then you're free to give one or not. But out of courtesy, if I say, okay, guys, we're meeting um, this next Saturday for this, please respond if you'll be there, then I really do want you to respond because I'm making plans based on how many people we're going to have there and so forth. So we must get better at our communication through text and, and so forth. Do we agree? So if you're sending out the group text and you need a response, Start saying, please reply. Please reply. And so let's all begin to honor each other in that, that if somebody asks for a please reply, you just say yes, no. You ain't got to type a long text, but please be responsible enough to reply. Is there anything else that I'm thinking about, Nicholas, that we discussed? Because me and him were pulling each other's hair out one time. Well, it, it takes a while to set the set the tone, but we, we need to be communicators. <coughs> yeah. That's, that's a great point. If we, you say, well, I don't need to have, they're grown people. They should do this. Like, grown people should do a lot of things. But sometimes leading, it almost seems like herding cats. It seems like, it doesn't seem anything like leading. It's not saying, this is what we're going to do and people follow. It's more like, would you please, please, can I, would you just do this much? It's, I need you. It's coaxing people just to do the right thing. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, uh, if you're a life group leader or if you want something, if you have an event coming up and you want it to be successful, you say, I, I should not have to text them three times. I should not have to text them Tuesday and text them again Thursday and then text them on Friday when it happens. I should not have to do that. But you do. <laughs> to be honest, if you want to any attendance these days in the society in which we live, you have to be that person that goes the extra mile. So that's that's how success is done these days. Um, 60-80 rule. I'm just talking about the heat and air in the church. Uh, we've got more keys out right now than we ever had in the history of the church. More of you have keys to get in and out. Um, when you're the last one to leave, check all the thermostats. There's three along these wall. There's one in Angie's office you can't get to, but there's one in the youth room and there's one in the nursery. It's your responsibility to set those before you leave if you're the last one. In the... In the wintertime, all of them are set on heat, right? We, we set it on 60, 60-80 rule. So it don't come on unless it really gets cold outside because we don't want to run all that natural gas when nobody's here, okay? S same thing in the, in the summertime. It'll be set on cool, but we don't want it just sitting here blowing all day, store-bought air, nobody's here to enjoy it. We leave it on 80, so... It shouldn't, if it gets 80 degrees, it will cool off a little bit. 
But, you know, so 60-80 rule. Also uh, check the front and the back door, set the alarm. Um, what else do we do before we? Uh, not necessarily make sure they're flushed, but you could help Donna out by doing that. But if another thing you can do is listen for them because they run a lot. We need somebody, to, you know anybody that can fix that. Our, all our toilets are running if you don't jiggle them just right. So don't let that water be running, uh, you know. Any, any other questions about opening or shutting the church? All right. Uh, I said simplicity. Um, I want everybody working towards making your department more simple. You don't want it, be, you don't want it being complicated and confusing. It's like my messages. You know, you think I preach long. You ought to see all the stuff I took out of that message before I preached it. <laughs> it was nine pages. I got it down to two, and I still went 50 minutes. <clears throat> Okay, so simplify, continue to simplify, make it so that the person that joins your group, the first day they walk in, they're not overwhelmed. Yes. And I praise God for that. They are awesome. Okay, like Chick-fil-A, right? We don't put everything in the world on the menu. What we do, we do. We do next step, we do life groups, and we do Sunday services, and we have our teams. And every now and then, we do church-wide stuff like outreaches or events or whatever. We have our few outreach groups that go into the jail. But we try not to make life so complicated that we're having meeting after meeting after meeting. Maybe you feel like that, but that's because you're in leadership. That's different. But we want to do few things, but like Chick-fil-A, we want to do them exceptionally well. And so we want to make it... uh, that we're good at what we do, so we want to be simplistic in that regard. Um, so that's why you'll always hear us talking about life groups on a Sunday service. We're talking about next step. You get tired of hearing that. They say that every Sunday, but there's somebody new here or somebody that needs to hear it one more time before they get, will do it. So you need to be talking about those things. If you're in a life group and you got people in you that's never been to our church, you need to invite them to our church. If, they, if they're starting to come to church but they've never been to the next step, you need to be like Donna. You, have you been through the next step? You need to go. She'll, she'll drive them and sit with them during the next step. The more people we can get through our process, these are processes that are building disciples. So that's what we do. And if you got any ideas about what we do, let me know. You know, so, Well, we can do them better. All right, like and share. I, I'm talking about Facebook again. It's very hard for me not to get uh, disappointed and think, go back to thinking that's just virtual world. We are trying to reach people out there, but it is very difficult. Unless you pay for advertising on Facebook, they have found ways to just squelch your advertising. They squash it. Um, from the last few months, I was sending out over 20 advertisements a week, pre-scheduling them. So every day of the week, you was three or four uh, Passion Church advertisements going out. Come to find out, nobody's getting them. They're squelching all of them. One of the things is, is if you're, if you're putting out posts and nobody's replying, nobody's liking, nobody's sharing it, then you get pushed to the bottom. And so the more I was sending out, the less traffic anybody was paying attention to our post then my po- our posts aren't even going out anywhere so it, it's just the way it works they don't want you to advertise for free they don't want facebook to be an advertisement platform they want you to scroll through and see fun things not advertisements the only way we can beat that is for you at least our leadership to like and share our stuff. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm backing way off on the amount of post, but when I post something, we need you to like and share, and comment. Any activity puts it at the top and gets it to more people. Once again, many, many people don't understand how Facebook works. They think what I see is what everybody sees, and that is not it. You only get your feed, and and. Uh, so when, so when you get a post from P- Facebook, if you want all your thousand friends that you have to see it, to have any chance to see it, you have to share it. Or they, they never know P- uh, Passion Church is out there. 
So I spent untold amount of hours this year trying to learn to, to do Facebook and reach that community out there, uh, only to be dis- very disappointed right now, as you can tell. Uh, but one of the things that maybe can, can help salvage this is if you will like and share, and if we, we could maybe get some stuff, uh, some, some likes and shares going, maybe it will raise our visibility to the broader community. Okay, so if you see me put you in a tag or something, don't think nothing of it. We're just advertising. Everybody. <laughs> and another thing I found that Josiah was helping with, he's, he's, he's the smartest about this. Uh, he found that, that if you put up in the top, if I put our advertising, we meet at so-and-so at 1030 on Sundays or whatever, when I put that in the part of the post they recognize that and then they say that's advertisement and squash it so i have to just send the picture and then i can put that in the comments and that that can might for a little while get around their their handlers there <clears throat> you know ideally we could spend thousands have a budget to do spend thousands of dollars on advertisement and and I'm still not sure I would trust Facebook with thousands of dollars. I think they squelch churches as much as they can. I think they have an animosity towards uh, Christianity. But we're trying to reach that people, so if you will help me, we might can still get her done. You want to say something? Well, we could go, we could go into all that, but... You know, we're wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. We, we, we still have to find ways to reach our community. Um, the last couple of years with COVID, we've been in the trenches, you know, warfare going on. But we have, I have to get back to spending time with you guys. We have to get back to more of this fellowship, more of this, this environment where we are creating ideas and we're coming together as a, as a team of leaders. I have dropped the ball the last couple of years on leadership meetings with my own G-Force team. It's, you know, uh, but we're about to change that. And I'm announcing right now uh, that a new me- leadership meeting schedule will be thus. The fourth Saturday of every even month will be a scheduled leadership meeting. <clears throat> that's all of us. We've never done this before. Okay, if I don't have anything to say or somebody don't have anything to say, there's nothing to meet about, I will cancel it. But go ahead and put it on your schedule every even month. What is today? January? February. This is February. This is the second month. So April will be the next one, the fourth Saturday. What we will do is we will meet in here at 10 o'clock. We may put the tables out like this. I don't know. We will meet for one hour. It won't be a four-hour meeting like this today. One hour. We're going to make it interactive. We're going to make it fun. We're going to change it up. We're going to let you do most, a lot of the talking. It's no, it won't be a teaching like this. It will be leaders coming together, button heads, and getting things done, okay? Interactive, maybe some team-building exercises. So go ahead and put that on your schedule. Just every even month. Two, four, six, eight, and ten. Twelve. Okay, so uh, so in April, I've got a great announcement. In April, the fourth Saturday, our first meeting, according to this schedule, Pastor Vickers will be here to teach that meeting. <laughs> in person. And then he will t- preach on that Sunday here. So I, that that meeting may not be at 11. I'll have to get with him to see wh- when he gets in town. But we may have to have different time. But after that, we will get on that schedule of every even month, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, and 12, we'll, we'll have a meeting. Okay, so one hour. Try to be here. We want to get this rolling, okay? G-Force team, if you're on my personal leadership crew, after that one-hour meeting, we will meet directly after that for an additional hour to discuss what we learned from that meeting, what we need to do to implement the things that we decided in that meeting, okay? 
So that way I'll meet with my personal team and I'll be able to meet with all of you guys. Okay? And we'll do our best to stay on that schedule, but if, if you know, if, if something's crushing, we got other things going, can't make it, we, we, we may cancel some of them, but go, just put it on your calendar. Um, now the floor is open for discussion time. Just wanted to give us maybe 20, 30 minutes. Women as a whole. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, the men have been rumbling about the same thing. And, and they've, had, they've done a few things. Joe and Rick did some stuff. Um, Greg has got with me about that. Um, but it's going to, you know, we have decided uh, that the church is only going to sponsor limited things. You know, we're going to keep it simple. Most of those kind of things need to be organic. Uh, if you're the one who thinks that we need a women's meeting, then you'll probably be the one who gathers everybody up and does it. Hold, you can use the church. We can. You talk to me about the, and I will do everything I can to help you. Uh, I would love to see a women's meeting, but somebody's going to have to step up and want to take that role and organize that. Whether you don't have to be the leader of it, but if. Maybe this time you be the leader of it and somebody be the leader of it next time. But we don't have an official men's or women's group like we did in the past because we have life groups. But when we do something church-wide, then uh, somebody will have to step up and take ownership of that. Just like we're talking about, uh, I've talked with Greg, I hope you don't mind me sharing. We're, gonna, we're wanting to do a camping trip, uh, church in the park at Arca Butler again like we've done before. And uh, they're willing to step up and... And handle the details on that. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, do y'all do, do y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying we're not going to do it. I'm saying I, we would love to do it, but we want to do things differently than we have in the past. And so. I mean, we can do more like this if more people, and more people can step up and lead. It doesn't have to be the same people all the time. Yeah, yeah. Everything is almost turning into life group uh, formats. Even our youth group is more of a life group format and, and uh, things are ch- evolving uh, the way we do church these days. And we're opening it up to, to anybody could lead something like that if they have it in their heart to do. Um, what we have found in the past, it just seems like when the church sponsors something and, and it's the same people leading it or whatever, we just have a hard time people not getting on board with it. But when it's organic, people... Or, or stirred, and God put it in their heart to do, and then it gets done. With with everything, we we want to get this thing rolling, and and everybody meeting. We want to just a love fest all the time, to be honest. But but we're you know this is where we are. The the answer is yes. The answer is always going to be yes if 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 you know we can make it happen. <coughs> Yeah, and, and the Bible doesn't say I'm called to equip God's people to do God's work. Doesn't say in the church. I'm I'm here to. My job is to help you have the freedom to use all your God-given abilities at your job, at your your gym, or wherever you go in your life. Yeah, that's another thing can happen if you schedule. You know, if the church schedules things and the people don't really want to do them. We want organic growth. We want it to come from within. Anything that's God is going to start within and then come from out. You know, we can't just make things happen because we want them to. We have to get into the heart of people and let them understand. That we, we, that's what that's all this is about is producing in people the understanding that they can be used of God. And they can be disciples, and they can plan events and stuff. And different gifts, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kind of ideas swirling around, things that we may do in the future, ways to do better at what we're doing now. 
So just be encouraged. It's not like we're stuck where we're at. Um, it, it's just timing. It's just God's timing. Um, the the visitor return care that Donna's a part of has great ideas um, to for outreach. I know Nicholas is over the outreaches, but he has he has spent most of his time um, being uh, part of leading the life groups. But that's about to change. He's raising up people to help him with those life group responsibilities, and his focus and his study. You can tell he's uh, sending out stuff about outreaches all the time. Uh, his heart is to do outreaches, and and uh, God put him in that position for a reason. I know that's going to be a bigger part of what we do going forward. And the good thing about it is unleashing people to be to use their God-given abilities is always going to keep things fresh and is always going to give us plenty of leaders and so nobody gets wore out. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, on page seven, as a leader for Jesus, I will. We're going to talk about some things that we should. <laughs> we should say I will too. Number one is to follow up, I guess, on what Nicholas had to say. I will be accountable. But a, a, a Christian soldier should be accountable to Jesus in their behavior. You know, there's a story about a, a man and his son driving along, and they see, you know, a watermelon patch. And the dad pulls over. He says, stay in the car. You know, he's going to go get him a watermelon real quick. It ain't his land. And as he gets towards the watermelon, the son honks the horn. And the, the dad comes running back. I told you to be quiet. I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to draw attention to us. Okay, dad. And so he goes to get to the watermelon again. He honks the horn again. He comes back mad. He says, son, I don't want him to know I'm getting a watermelon. He says, but Jesus knows. <clears throat> so uh, are we searching for the approval of man? Or of Jesus, basically, in our whole life. You know, that's one of the things I've had to deal with as a young pastor is I just had to come to a place where, you know, I, I took I took such stock in what the people who had been in this church before me thought and so forth. And I, tr I, I wouldn't say I was a people pleaser, but I was very concerned about people's this or that. But it's so much more free just to say, I, all I have to do is be accountable to Jesus. And that way, I can, I can keep my focus. Do we grumble when we're not recognized for something that we've done? Well, nobody sees me. I, you know, why do we feel like that? I don't get no appreciation. Maybe you're in here. I, I feel sorry for some of these people I see cleaning the church, you know, nobody knows they're even working that department or whatever. It's like they don't get any recognition. And Donna, Donna makes it feel special. But, you know, the things like that. But, but really, if you're, you're doing it for Jesus, you know he recognizes. He keeps good records. We're called by Jesus alone, and to him we will give account alone. He's the only person that really matters that knows because in all of eternity your rewards are going to be based on what he saw it's not a competition we're all here to serve and it requires much sacrifice to serve i know that you know what i love about being here with you guys is you're the ones that sacrifice for what you do what you give to this church. You come early, you stay late, you do the work, you make the extra phone calls, and you do all this stuff, and it doesn't seem appreciated. And it requires much sacrifice to serve. But then you think about the sacrifice of the Lord. That's, that's what he did. That's how he lived. And, you know, we're supposed to live like him on the earth. And God especially honors the things we do that others don't see. He tells us when we pray, you know, he sees what we do in secret. <clears throat> I live understanding my accountability to Jesus, and my heart is to hear, well done, from him. You know, I hope the crowds in heaven are cheering us on and all that. That's important. But ultimately, I'm living 
for the, to hear well done from Jesus. 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says, So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns. For he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. Secondly, I will, I will live like Jesus. You must be holy, for I am holy, the Lord says. And we must present a true model of Jesus, not a fake. You know, self-righteousness and holiness are polar opposites. You can present a fake holy, right? You can say, oh, I've got my life together. And look down your nose at everyone else. Jesus told the story about a Pharisee and a sinner went to the synagogue to pray. And the sinner couldn't even look up. He was so embarrassed about his life. He beat his chest and said, forgive me, Lord, I'm a sinner. And then then the Pharisee said he prayed thus with himself. I mean, his prayer wasn't even to God. God's just a far off, you know, uh, might as well have been a wooden idol to him. You know, he's no real personal relationship or he wouldn't be like he is. He said, I thank you that I'm not like this sinner. I give tithes. I do all these things. And he had this self-righteousness. And Jesus said, which one of these do you suppose went away justified? You know, the one guy lived for everybody to see the way he lived. And the other guy, he was just honest with his failings and everything. Which one of them was most holy? It's a question that, you know, <clears throat> I want to be a true model of Christ, not present a fake. And we can only do this through the Holy Spirit. You know, in our flesh, there's no good thing in our flesh. Rules and regulations, if we're just trying to keep them in our flesh, we'll fail and then we'll fake. We always live from the inside out. But the good news is, is you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess what's on the inside? Our personal lives, as our personal lives go, so our ministry goes. You know, if God's in your personal life, he'll be in your ministry life. And if he's not, it'll be evident. 1 John 2.6 says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. The third thing is I will collaborate. God put us in a body for a reason because we're more efficient together. Even if you can do the task better yourself, enlist others or you're not leading. We're all called to be leaders, disciple makers. Even if you can do things great yourself, but you don't enlist anybody else, you're not a leader. Even God works as a team. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They all play their roles together. Number four, I will develop leaders. I will help people to be who God called them to be. I don't just train. I don't just give them info and say, you know, this is how you do it. But I develop. I do life with them. I show them hands-on. I I walk with them as Jesus walked with his disciples. I give my life to shape another's life. That was Jesus' top priority. And we must have the attitude as leaders that their victory is my victory. When I have Joe come up and preach and he wows the congregation and the house is afire because... I see that as a victory, not a threat. You understand that? When my protégés are using their gifts and talents, I must see that as a victory. Even when they outshine me. You see what I'm saying? Because it ain't about me. You know, somebody got Billy Graham saved. You know, we don't hear about that guy. But you'll hear about him in heaven. Right? Right? If we would all take that attitude that the people that I disciple, their victory is my victory. And and in a deepest regard, the things I, or deepest respect, the things that that I do accomplish on my own 
probably won't be as important as the people that I developed and the things that they did. Because their victory is ultimately my victory. If I'm not making them anybody else victorious, then I am not victorious. No matter what I can do in my own strength, I am not a leader. Unless their victory, someone else's victory is my victory. I will equip them and release them. That has been the major shift in our church. Is that our church used to be, if if we were completely sure that they were ready, we'd give them a chance. And if they did good, we'd let, you know, and only the talented and the spiritually mature did anything in the church. We had to begin to trust the Holy Spirit in the church. Life groups, the main thing at first was, okay, what if we have a life group and one of the leaders goes rogue and begins to bring people onto himself and start to break off from the church? I think the Holy Spirit is still in control. What if they don't teach anything? What if they sit there all semester and just fellowship? What if they, you know, what if they don't do good? What if they don't do right? You have to give people an opportunity. That, you know, and then when they fail, be merciful to them. We must treat people as more important than our own selves. With gentleness, we lead by example, and we guide by grace and not by force. That was, that was the biggest surprise to me as a pastor, I guess, was how Pastor Vickers led me. I I came fully expecting to have to give an account of myself to everything, every little thing that I did. When I made a mistake, I expected him to get on me. You know, I and he was exactly the opposite of everything that I imagined. When he first, when he got on when we talked, it wasn't What'd you do? What'd you accomplish? How many people did this? It's how's your family? Are you getting enough rest? He cared about me. He showed me he cared about me as a person and Angie as a family more so than anything else. And 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 he knew that I was going to fail in areas. And he gave me, extended me grace. And he taught me gently along the way. And that makes people want to do good. Whereas an oppressive hand and and uh, not any mercy makes people want to give up. First Peter four ten says God has given each of us a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another, and let other people use their gifts to serve one another. The fifth one is I will faithfully steward money. Well, we're a small church; we don't have a lot of money going around, right? Not a lot of people on a payroll or anything. But it's something that we should think about. God's resources are for God's purposes when you're in the ministry. It's about integrity. 16 of Jesus' 38 parables were about money. Accountability and transparency on the front end keep us honest. Y'all saw the numbers that I shared with you a while ago about what we need, and where, you know, how much money we collect. Many have lost their ministry because they fell uh, in love with money, fell to the lure of money. First Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. The sixth one is, I will not seek to draw disciples unto myself. And you say, well, I, I would never do that. I wouldn't think about doing it. But we can do that subtly. We can begin to promote ourselves in, in leadership. I'm not building my kingdom, my resume, and I'm not climbing a Christian hierarchy. If you're here today thinking, well, I'm just going to be here for a minute, but pretty soon, you know, I'm going to be the pastor, and, and or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be this, and I'm, gonna, I'm just using this as a stepping stone to get to another church or whatever. I don't see how God could be in that. You know, that's just not the way God operates. And we can't get confused and begin to serve man, traditions, or denominations. 
You know, sometimes we feel roped in by the demands of a certain denomination or, or the way we've always done things or somebody, you know, our leader that's confused. Are we serving them or are we serving Jesus? You know, we don't use leadership principles to build a structure for ourselves. Some people can be in leadership and then they start arranging everything so that, you know, they have all the votes to get their way, right? They start leaning on people. Don't you see my way? You know, let's do it this way or that way. Um, we don't use our positions to enhance our personal power or gain control. The Pharisees did these things. They were all, it was all business to them. They used traditions, laws, credentials, and theology, and they used them against Jesus himself. Their graceless and godless religion is what put Jesus to death. And that's, a, you know, that, that's, that's religion. That's, that was a church setting that crucified the Lord. And we must never allow our church to crucify the Lord afresh. By doing these things. Our systems, processes, and organizations must be used to carry out God's purposes. And we just need to be happy that we're part of the plan. We don't have to compete with one another. We don't have to be over one another. We just have to work with one another. Second Corinthians 2.17 says, You see, we're not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. <clears throat> Number seven is I will seek his face. Jesus made time in his crazy schedule to be alone and pray. Do you? I mean, some of us are like, I don't have time to pray. And I find myself in that position, and days can go by where I didn't get to read my Bible the way I wanted to or, or spend much time in prayer. And, and that's, that can happen periodically but it must not be the norm think about it. if you've if you watched the chosen <laughs> how jesus i mean he come in the camp you know he, he could barely walk because he had been healing folks from all day till late at night you know he was busier than any person he accomplished more than any person i know but yet he knew when it was time to be with the Father, and that was a priority. He would stop everything else. Said, so you know, you guys going across, I'll walk across to see if I have to, but I got to spend some time with Jesus or with the Father. You see what I'm saying? And so we must be like that. Seek his face. Do we long for the three Ps? His presence in our life, his power, and his people. Luke 15, uh, 5, 16 says, But the Lord often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Often. Number eight, I will seek spiritual fruit. My natural efforts are not enough. I can work myself to the bone and find myself just cutting a deeper rut in my life. And produce no real spiritual fruit. You understand spiritual fruit is anything that's eternal. That's going to last and matter in heaven. Are we producing that in folks? Or are we just, you know, maintaining? Are we a bunch of managers or are we a bunch of leaders? To be a leader for the Lord and produce spiritual fruit, we must stay filled with the Holy Ghost. We must stay hooked up to the vine. Lest we wither. We must live dependent on God. <clears throat> and what does that look like? Well, that looks like me being an organized freak, you know. Monday after the Sunday service, I'm already asking God, what are we doing next Sunday? Right? I want to know. I want to get my ducks in a row. I want to have everything ready so that I don't have to rush at the end. And I used to, you know, come Wednesday, I ain't heard from the Lord. I'll just go ahead and write me something down, you know. Now, ask God to bless it. <laughs> but over time, we must learn, I'll only say what I hear the Father say. I'll only do what I hear the, see the Father do. And we must get instructions from the Lord. So that is where your prayer time must come into play. 
Lord forbid that you hear me preach a Sunday sermon and try to feed the people out of my natural understanding. I must hear from the Lord. So it's got to where the Lord has trained me. He's put me on, you know, last minute and tested my faith. And now I'm on the backside of that. Now he usually does give me my sermon early on. And he's nice to me. (laughs) Now that he knows he can trust me. Right? But I was tested in that. You know, pushed to the Saturday night before I get anything kind of thing, you know. And I've learned also, you know, to, to go shoot from the heart. You know, in the jail, he never gives me anything before I go there because I don't have time to, for that. You know, I only have so much time in my life. So I just go to the jail on faith. And I just preach whatever comes to, into my heart at the time. So those are all, also things. But you're, either way, I'm dependent upon what the Lord has given me. And so our natural mind and stuff, he utilizes that. But it must be in conjunction with the power of the Holy Spirit and God's will for that situation. Does that make sense? So, uh, and you say, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not preaching messages or whatever. But it replies to your everyday life and your interactions, uh, your relationships, how you speak to your mother-in-law. You know, you gotta, you're going to lunch with her. Pray and say, what should I say? At the, you know, is there anything I could, could say to bring us closer together or get my point across? Learn to trust uh, the Holy Spirit to produce the spiritual fruit. John fifteen five says, "Yes, I am the vine; you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and that's that's what we're called to do is remain in Jesus. And I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." All right. Well, we've about ready to close this meeting. I usually close with our goals for the new year. I uh, came up with a lot of them this year. The Lord gave us a lot of goals this year, little smaller individual goals than usual. Last year we had eight, right? But this year we have 15. The first two are similar, the seek the tangible increase in God's presence, God's power, and God's people. God made a big impact on me, as you can tell, somewhere along this last year about those three Ps. And they're supposed to be what we're seeking this year. And we already discussed that. Um, To believe God for miracles because of the three Ps. You know, things happen in order. When we, we seek God's presence, then we get God's power. When we seek to take care of his people, to see them bask in his presence, and to, for them to seek uh, realize his power, then we'll begin to see miracles. We cannot, once again, be a, a, just a carnal church, just going through the motions. We have to be faith-filled and believe God for miracles. Miracles uh, are, all, you know, most often the result of faith. Increase life group participation by 10% church-wide. Establish a youth group with at least 10 regular attenders. That's, you know, like I said, that's believing God, Joe, for that growth. You know, there's practical things that God will show you how to do that. Um, Always make it a priority, though, that we're going to grow this thing. Instill faith in your kids to bring friends because we're going to grow this thing. Talk about it. When When you wake up, when you lie down, let it be on your heart. We're going to grow this thing. God's going to give us increase. Number five, reopen and staff our nursery. That's already in the process. These things were written before the first of the year. Some of them are already coming to pass. Fully staff all our young life teams. Now that, you know, we have made big strides, right, Mr. Denise? We have made big strides to try to staff our kingdom kids. Same thing needs to happen in our nursery same things needs to happen on the life group on Wednesday nights up here at the church. Um, but there's only a certain amount of people to pull from. So I understand that God will have to bring the increase. Move our Kingdom Kids curriculum in-house, utilizing church planner software. If you're not in Kingdom Kids, you, you've probably never seen those seven- and eight-page curriculums that they want you to teach the kids in ten minutes. <coughs> You know, and 
written in Japanese or something, you know. It's really hard to, you know, the average person without a crew, a, a professional Broadway cast could not pull them off. Um, so what we have done is uh, we're using the same church planner uh, software that, you know, I, pr- I produced those sheets back there that, that the order of service here in the adults we're using that for the kids. I'm filling that out. It's pre-filled with options that they can choose for their class that week. Uh, but I fill in the curriculum on the teaching now. And it's very basic. It's a story. It's a scripture. And it's a main thing, which is the main thing they want the kids to leave with. I made it so simple. I tell them where the, where the story in the Bible is so they can study it, tell it, the scripture that they need to use. And what I tell them is exactly this, from the message that I preached to the adults the Sunday before. And then that next Tuesday, I will fill out theirs and send it to them, and then they will teach it to the kids the next Sunday. So that keeps the adults and the, and the kids on the same page spiritually. They're, they're hearing the same thing that the rest of the church is hearing, but in a, you know, a, a children's form. So that is sort of working now. Uh, the the software sends out emails automatically to the people that are working in that department and they can from there click on the schedule planner and see it and have it all week and begin to meditate on it hear from god how to make it their own so that's already in in the works ensure quality over quantity in our sunday sermons not a word (coughs) (laughs) I, i want to preach less I want to preach more uh, <coughs> quality over just me running my mouth. Pray for me. All right. Experience more freer and deeper worship song services. During our praise and worship, we want to go deeper. We want to spend more time, uh, and we want the, the, the congregation to hook up with, with us better. Uh, create an online services sound crew. Most of you don't know what that means, but there's there's a mix that, that you hear here, the, the music is mixed, so when it comes out of these speakers, it all sounds like a song, right? It's not, you're not just hearing all bass or all drums, but it's mixed, and that's what Thomas does. Um, the same thing goes to our live stream. Uh, it's much harder to mix, to make a video sound good on a little little speakers on a computer or something, you know? Um, and you may have listened to our live stream at the time and said, ugh. I, I can't I can't worship to that, you know. It's because we do not have a separate sound man to run that mix. It comes out of the board differently. There's two mixes, you know, one one set of faders for the live in here, and there's one set of faders that goes to the video. And we don't have we don't have a separate room for somebody to go in there where they can be quiet and hear what that mix sounds like. We're just mixing it, pre-mixing it that week and hoping it works out. So we want to take care of that. We want to get another sound man on, on staff and be able to and, and make a room so that we can do a better live stream, especially on our music. You know, the, the preaching, it's just one voice. It's not that hard. Okay, increase our weekly prayer participation to an average of, it disappeared, uh, 12. I don't know where that went. Is it on the top of the tree? Yeah. Uh, we, what we say we averaged this nine this week, this year. So maybe you could be part of that increase. Find at least one more fruitful outreach ministry that we, you know, can replace maybe some of the things that we've lost. Not to say that we don't, we don't want 10 of them, but we got to have the people to staff 10 of them, you know, not to say that we don't want bigger, but these are, these are, we try to write attainable goals. If you always write the goal so far out there that you'll ne- you know you're not going to make it, then you won't try to make it. And that's that's some wisdom right there for you who are writing goals for your department. What well, what I typically do is is under Pastor Vickers' tutelage taught me to write attainable goals and then have a big faith goal that you, something you have to believe God for, and then you pray about that faith goal all year to get that big goal and. Of course, you need faith for all of them, but but you want to have most of your goals, things that are attainable with hard work and prayer. Uh, noticeably increase our fervor for world missions. 
like I said, we just came up short, but um, Rosie just texted me. Uh, Rosie's our secretary in Montgomery who handles a lot of our church finances. I asked her what our numbers were on missions given and stuff. She said we're about $1,000 short of making our goal for last year, and it starts in March 1st, you know. But she says you do have one more week left. Hint, hint, you know. <clears throat> and tomorrow will be about world missions. My preaching will be about world missions, and we will take up our pledges for next year, but it might be a good time for us to splurge a little bit and try to. Anything given tomorrow will go for last year. It will go for last year. All right, number 14, regularly fill our church to capacity on Sundays. We were about to accomplish that before this COVID hit. We can do it again. And when we begin to do that regularly and our income comes up, uh, we are getting very close to getting our own building and our own place, which has been, you know, in our hearts to do for some time. And uh, take it for what it's worth, but Pastor Vickers mentioned that we, we, we need to get you guys a building this year, what he said. But we have to do our part. You know, we can't get a building if we can't afford a building. I certainly don't want to be strapped for, you know, can't make the budget, you know. All right, number 15, meet with leadership on a more regular basis. And we've already talked about that. We're going to do that, right? Any, anybody see anything else that they would add to this? Well, what you said was if, we didn't, if there was nobody that didn't have anything to say on those meetings, I think we should just go have it as a fellowship. We could. Yeah, we... Well, we talked about, me and Nicholas discussed this the other day, and we talked about fun things that we can do, team-building exercises, letting different people lead it, uh, things like that. Make it fun. It's just going to be an hour. Um, I know it's a big commitment for you guys to every two months to, to come here for an hour with your schedules, but, but it's needed. And it's going to grow us together. It's going to grow the church. Well, if anybody don't have anything, we're about to close. I know you. I know you guys feel like I do. Uh, man, I we have worked too hard, come too far, to quit now. It's too much blood, sweat, and tears just to to get to where we are. And with our natural eyes, it may look like we're spinning our wheels sometimes. But like Thomas just said, we are in perfect position. And it just, it, it just takes God to cut on the spout. Because The reason we are in perfect position is because we know where we're going. We're humble. We know who we are. We know what we're called to do. There's no superstars in here, nobody to take all the credit. We're all wanting God to get the glory. Let's be honest. We're not scientists or, or lawyers in here. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Every single biblical mandate that, that leads to growth pretty much is accomplished in us and the things that we have established. That structure, those processes, the leadership, everything that leads to growth and the vision we have in place. We can't make it happen. Wish we could, but we're going to be so much more happy when God does. And, it, and it's going to happen. So I would say what we have is special. I, I, I believe it with my whole heart. I may shout at God sometimes about his timing. I may get my feelings hurt sometimes, but 
I ain't quitting. Because I believe in God and I believe in you. And we're going to do this thing. That's right. What did Mary say? Let it be lasting. The Lord said, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit decreed that this will be lasting. This will be. Shasiah, would you close us in prayer? listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.